0: The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network.
1: The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired.
2: By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone!
1: Is this some radical new therapy? You see? New start, press any key. Where's the any key? Welcome. You've got mail. Well, um-
0: Alrighty, let's get this show on the road, shall we, studio audience? We got one clap out of the audience. But that's only because there's only one person in the audience today, so it kind of works out. Hey, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention Podcast. Hiya, Top Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, uh, at the Studio Twenty-One Podcast Cafe. We have a couple of announcements before we get to our guest today. Uh, we have uh, we have. Kiana is returning, Ed Sullivan. That's big news. The lovely, that's, it's huge news. That, that predates me. Right? So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that goes back to Mr. Jonathan. Yep. So uh, we, we, we desperately needed to have Eye Candy back on the show. And, you know, when we started a year ago, I'm actually starting to, the more I think about this, I'm taking it personal. We had eight people right. involved in the show, and now it's just me. So uh, you, it's kind of hard not to take that personal.
1: You were the guy with the entourage right. when you started. Yep. Now it's me and Rich. I mean, it could be that when you talk too much, trouble starts. It could be. It could know? be. <laughs> I think the other thing, too, is that that
0: um, we gave people segments to do, but right. I, I, I'm not a micromanager, right? So I don't, like, don't want to stand over someone and tell them how to do stuff. Yeah. I just give people stuff, tell them to go do it. And sometimes when you do that, people kind of go back to living their own lives and then remember it like five minutes before the show. You know, like a lot of people, like, like, like me, right? I show up sometimes, I got nothing, and then we just trudge through right, the show. You,
1: you can generally pull it off. Other people, yeah. less so. Yeah.
0: So next week is our one year anniversary edition. Believe it or not, we've been doing this for a year. Well, that's a lot of money Dave Garaffalo made off, of, oh, <laughs> off yeah. of us last year. That's why he's always smiling when I come <laughs> in, right? Um, so next week, we're going to have Kiana's going to be back. We're going to be doing new segments at the top of the show, which is great. I'm hoping we're going to get Maddie back at some point. Um, I, re- I desperately need my intern back because she does lots of stuff like with videos. Oh, yeah. And she can cut the audios and the videos for us. We've been kind of lacking in that in the last couple of months. Uh, Pomerano won't be back until the second or third week of January. Also next week, because it's our anniversary show, we're starting an hour early. So we're going to be starting at one o'clock instead of two. We're going to do a two hour show with four breaks, maybe five. And I want to invite all of the other hosts of all of the other podcasts. To cool. come and, I, and if they're here I'm going to bring them up We're going to talk to them About their show awesome. What I want to do With my one year anniversary show Is not so much To talk about What we've done Over the last year You've been following us But our regular listeners Know what we're doing Our regular followers Know what we're doing What I'd like to do Maybe is use it As a way to promote Studio 21 Podcast Cafe um, it, You know, Between us Don't repeat this But it's really just My way of trying to get Mandra you know, up know, <laughs> up on the show Mandra and Debbie
1: Well I'll get the word out Yeah get the word out Everybody's invited Everybody's invited
0: um, I'm not buying Snacks. I'm not buying no. food. I'm a cheap bastard. Um, but if somebody wants to bring, you know, snacks and food and stuff, there'll be stuff here for right. you.
1: Right. Well, and everybody's always invited, right?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we, we do have an open studio audience. I don't promote yeah. that too much because I don't want to get shot. <laughs> you know, you start promoting that and then people Oops. who don't like you go, oh, now we know where he is every, every week at, you know, at uh, two o'clock on too, a Thursday. Too bad
1: we're live. I can't edit that.
0: Can't, can't edit it out. So, yeah, we want Mandra here for sure. All I right. mean, we want all the other hosts here for sure. Yep. And especially we need, uh, Tom and, uh, and Nancy Troy oh, yeah. for uh, Political TNT. Some of the other podcasts here, I'm paying attention. Are phenomenal. Uh, Tom and Nancy Troy on Political TNT. Uh, I watched that show. I watched this show last week after my show. Right. I was. I actually had it on in my car while I was driving home, and I. It, this does not happen often i had to i was laughing so hard i couldn't see but <laughs> right, you know how like when you're laughing and you end up closing your eyes i couldn't see. i had to pull the car over because they just scream. they their brother and sister pat and they just yell at each other for half an hour one's a conservative one's a democrat perfect and they just yell at each other for the whole half hour,
1: and it's great stuff. Because Sometimes it gets a little personal, it does. But at the end, they always make
0: up. Well, yeah, they're kissing me because their brother and said, look, that's the way I was raised. This is not the America that I was promised. Well, I was raised in a household. Listen, I was the first Republican in my family lineage when I signed up to vote. My mother said, so you signed up to vote today. You're a voter now, another Democrat in the family. I said, not so fast. <laughs> so I, I signed up to be a Republican. Wait, wait, what? Hmm. So, yeah, so, I mean, we, we used to debate stuff all the time at the kitchen table, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we still loved each other because we were family. Yeah. And that's the, way it, it, that's the way it was everywhere back then when I was growing up, which isn't really all that long ago. And are you still registered as a Republican? No, I, I've left the Republican Party. They've disappointed me greatly. I'm an independent
1: now. Mm. As, an, as am I. I.
0: I'm an unenrolled. I still side with the with the Republicans on most things. I think on issues, the Republicans are mostly right. But damn it, you know, you vote for these guys, they make promises, they're going to lower taxes, they're going to build a wall, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, and then they don't. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if Donald Trump doesn't build this goddamn wall, I'll tell you right now, I'm not voting for him again. I'm not voting for anybody ever. I mean never vote again, if, if we don't get that. Because I'm, I'm, I'm an old man now, I just turned 50. Don't repeat that. Wow. But but I'm an old man now, and I'm looking at you know years of being involved in local politics and recruiting candidates for city council and 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 campaigning for Congress people and 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 here we are. We, we, just, we never get what we ask for. We never get what we're promised. And if if Trump doesn't do it, I'm done. I'm just telling you right now. I'm not voting for him. I'm not voting for anybody. Bad, no. bad enough that he sat on the campaign trail yelling and screaming that we don't tell our enemies when we're withdrawing, and then he comes out and says we're withdrawing from Syria. Like, hello, this is not why we voted for you. So, anyways, to my left, I have uh, to my left, your right, I have uh, a great guest, which I think is going to fill uh, the hour very quickly today. Uh, his name is Patrick Haynes. He is from the law firm of Ramundo, Stramundo, Strapuli, <laughs> Gazili, Napoli, Skolnik. Na- Napoli Skolnick, That's a mouthful right and, there uh, And you guys are partnering with uh, our buddy Bob Kelly Yes In, uh, in Lawrence I love Absolutely. Bob Bob is former registrar of deeds um, Has always been very good to the Valley Patriot We love Bob Kelly Um in fact, I think my ex works for him, which is kind of weird because when you guys sent me that thing, I went, Bob Kelly, no no, <laughs> of all the law firms because i 'm thinking like at some point i 'm going to have to be sitting in a room right yeah. and then she shows up, but I mean we 're all grown ups we can handle that stuff um, you are um, you are one of not many by the way, we thought there was going to be a whole bunch of lawyers after the Columbia gas disaster uh, descending onto Lawrence and uh, trying to you know trying to take advantage of the people that were the victims of the Columbia gas. Uh, disaster, uh, which I want to talk about a lot today. Um, but as we look around now, a few months later, there's really like one or two, and that's pretty much it. And most of the other law firms are, um, they're, they're doing class action lawsuits, and right. that's not exactly what you're doing. So why don't we Correct. start with, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people who you are, um, you know, all that stuff, and then we'll yep.
2: go into... The good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm a lawyer actually based in Texas, uh, working for a New York law firm handling cases in Massachusetts. So, how did that
0: happen uh, before you go forward? Yeah, this is a Texas of those things. law firm working for a guy in, in <laughs> New York,
2: and he's Doing stuff in Lawrence, Massachusetts, and now he's sitting in Salem, New Hampshire on my show. How did that happen? Well, you know, I, I got hired about seven years ago by Napoli Shkolnick. based in New York. And they hired me to run their Midwest office right outside St. Louis. And after two winters of shoveling snow, I, I, I said, I, I got to go back to my homeland. So uh, they're kind enough to let me live in Austin, Texas, although I don't really have that much casework there. So I just travel around the country wherever they need me. And when this situation happened here in the Merrimack Valley, this is where they needed me. Uh, And so I was up here a couple of days right after uh, the incident happened. Um, And our first client was a gentleman named Dean Thornhill, who's home. I know uh, Dean well. Yeah, who's home. uh, Caught fire in the basement. And uh, he through some family connections, knew a lawyer named Dave Raimondo that knew us and he invited us over and it kind of went from there. So now we've got Bob Kelly on the team to have a, a lawyer right here in Lawrence that people can go to when they have questions or want to drop off paperwork or whatever, they can always swing by his office. Mm-hmm. Funny, last night, everybody said, I thought Bob was retired. I said, well, he's not anymore. So we're keeping him busy. Uh, and uh, we also have a lawyer named Brian Kuna down in Boston that uh, works with us. So we've got a, a good-sized team. Uh, but you're right, what we're doing is a little bit different than the class action approach. The folks that uh, first came up here, there was a law firm uh, filed a class action pretty much Covering all the different bases, businesses, individuals, uh, pretty much everything except for the personal injury cases. Mm -hmm. I have always been a person that believed in individual cases. I've never really been a class action lawyer. That's not what I do.
0: Yeah, I hate class actions. Uh, I've been involved in a couple of them. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you get a check for like eleven dollars and fourteen cents because there's so many people, and the lawyers take their cut at the top. And yeah. So when I first heard about you guys, I thought, oh, great, another 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 bunch of guys that wanted to come in and do a class action lawsuit where everybody makes eleven bucks, and then you know the lawyers make a million walking away and when I said that to your partner Dave He said, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. And I'm like, all right, well, then, you know what? Let's sit down and talk because that actually sounds like it might be
2: something that could work. Yeah, because I came from a background of doing personal injury cases and things like uh, asbestos cases or uh, accidents or whatever. And those are always individual cases where each case stands or falls based on just the facts of it Mm -hmm. as an individual negotiation. And it's pretty straightforward. And you can do that even when you have thousands of cases. Uh, And asbestos, we had over 100,000 cases pending nationwide at one point. And uh, they Largely have you know worked their way through the system, and and it's it's not a class action situation. And in fact, it's really not appropriate. I don't think to use a class action for something that's a, like a personal injury or where your damages are so different. Because a lot of our clients we're seeing in this situation, they have. Basically, PTSD. They've got post traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. from this. How can you compare your damages in that context to somebody else right. in, in a class context where everybody gets kind of treated the same? So, it's a difference of opinion that I have. Uh, you know, the lawyers they are doing the class action cases are good lawyers. I just don't think that for what I'm doing, I, that's not what I think is best. I think right. it's best for these folks to have individual cases. Uh, and so, that's what we've been telling. Uh, people that come to talk to us if that's what they want that's what we're doing we probably have about a hundred and fifty or so clients that we have signed up individually um, along with some businesses as well uh, that have come to us and just are looking to balance out what the scales you know to try to make themselves a little bit more okay with life because they are going through so much stuff right now with the stress the pain the anguish the expense the lost sleep and even though a lot of people are getting back in their houses now uh, it's still been a train wreck for everybody for the last couple of months.
0: I was a little surprised. I was talking to, it might have even been Rich, um, yesterday or the day before, I was talking to somebody anyway, it might have been Rich, who said that um, Carlene's Breakfast Shop, which is one of the best breakfast shops in the Merrimack Valley, it's one of the places I like to eat, uh, it's owned by uh, John Farrington, who's a good friend of the show, good friend of the paper. Um, they're still not open. Mm-hmm. They're still not open. Yeah. It's It's Christmas. Right. This happened September thirteenth, and they're still not open.
2: The part that they need got lost in North Carolina. Columbia Gas is reordering, and so he doesn't know when he's going to get. Away.
0: Yeah, they're waiting for a part. I guess the Columbia Gas had to reorder, but still. You know, you're a breakfast place, and that's the kind of that's the kind of small business where it's hand to mouth. I mean, they're paying their yep. bills the day that the money's coming in, right? And you know, I mean, I know a lot of people who own breakfast places. I know the guy that owns Sunnyside Diner. I know Eli over at Eli's. That's a tough business when it comes to money. So for him to still be out of uh, out of business and still not open, and I'm not even sure that they're looking at like another week or two, right? I think maybe it's going to be another month or more for them. And you have to wonder how many others there are. You're going to be handling. Um, is it just individuals or is it going to be
2: businesses as well? We're doing businesses as well. Uh, we and mostly it's, as you said, these are small businesses. You're, you're talking about folks that are just, uh, mom and pop operations, as mm-hmm. we'd say in Texas, uh, mostly dry cleaners, uh, daycare centers, you know, small restaurants, diners, things like that. And not that They don't have the kind of insurance or any type of, you know, reservoir of cash to survive something like this. And what we've been hearing, basically, Columbia Gas is paying about 10 cents on a dollar of what everyone's damages are so far. So they're out a tremendous amount of money. And then I think that we're probably going to find there's just a, a large economic downturn just in general. People across the three cities aren't shopping. They're not spending money. So even people who didn't lose gas service were coming to us saying, well, our no, We have no foot traffic. No right. one's buying anything. Right. Uh, so it, it's, it's it's beyond just the ones that lost gas service. And it spills
0: over because you have a, a, like a small business, which take us, for example, at the Valley Patriot. We deliver about 600 papers there a month, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not open. That 600 papers we're not – that aren't getting into the hands of his customers from the foot traffic that isn't there every day that used to be. Um, and I'm sure that he's got um, people who work for him who have lost wages and i'm sure that they have had a hard time paying their mortgage or their or their you know their rent because they're not working right and so the spillover effect is is huge you have a lot of people that have come to you so far
2: yeah it it, the numbers are increasing uh over time i think a a lot of people in the beginning wanted to see you know was columbia gas going to take care of this without having to have a lawyer involved. Uh, and, and, you know, I told people in the beginning, we had our first meeting, you know, a couple of months ago, I said, I would love that for it to happen. I, it, I don't think it will, but yeah. we'll, you know, we'll, we'll all talk again soon. Right. And so each time uh, we've continued to have meetings with people and discussions, I see people come back and they're like, okay, now I'm ready. Right. You know, i i had a meeting the other day with a gentleman who just said, you know, this is not what I do. I don't file lawsuits. I, I come from a background where that's really frowned upon. But in this situation, I think it's appropriate. And and that's what a lot of people are coming around to, especially now that a lot of folks are getting back in their homes. And now they have the time to kind of look at this, the situation mm-hmm. and go, OK, I've got my gas on again. Let's look at the wreckage that Columbia Gas has right. left me for the last couple of months. And, right. and what have they done? And and then, you know, we continue just to see this, this horrific efforts at trying to fix the problem. It was bad enough what started. The disaster was created by them. But all their efforts along the way to try to remedy the damage that they caused has just been terrible. And I don't think we still know what caused this this no.
0: situation. I mean, we, I know what we've been told, but just as somebody that has two brain cells to talk to each other, it, none of what they've told us has ma- makes any sense at all. They've told us that Feeney brothers hooked a high pressure line to a low pressure line, and that's what blew up all these houses. But you, that can't be the case. Like, if if that is the case, that's actually worse than if they're lying. I think. Because that means that there was no fail-safe, there's no safety system that that, that one... Pr- now, imagine if somebody can blow up a city like Lawrence by mistake by hooking a high-pressure to a low-pressure line, and that's actually the reason. Imagine how much damage somebody malicious could do. Like, say you get an Al-Qaeda terrorist that decides to get a job for Columbia Gas. Maybe he can blow up 30 cities if he does it right, right? Mm, right. So it doesn't seem to me like we've been told the truth. I know that there's been a... Um, There's been an NTSB report that came out, Uh, the National Transportation Safety Board, which for some bizarre reason is the one investigating this, um, especially since it's not their forte. Uh, And they've said that, well, it's not really Feeney Brothers' fault. Columbia Gas gave them faulty work orders. And again, if that's the case, why doesn't Feeney Brothers have some kind of a safety system where they check the work orders before they go out and they do them? Right. So given that we don't even really know what happened, we know what we've been told, but none of that makes sense. Um, how, how difficult is that going to be moving forward For people who want to sue Columbia Gas When we haven't even really been told the right story From
2: the, from the beginning as to how it happened you know, it's really interesting in this entire couple of months this has been going on, what you've you've heard a lot of things from Columbia Gas. The one thing you've never had them get up and say is this wasn't our fault. Mm-hmm. They've never said that. And that's pretty telling. Most of the time, look at Johnson & Johnson just by comparison of what they've been saying in the news the last week about talc and asbestos contamination. They were quick to come out and say this is absolutely false. We never had asbestos in our product. That's their, their line, and right. they're sticking with it. You've never heard that from Columbia Gas. I think they know that it's on them. And the NTSB report, NTSB actually has jurisdiction, strangely enough, by statute on pipelines carrying hazardous materials. That's it's those, bizarre. Yeah. I, I, and this is one of the things they. Only in government. Yeah. Yeah. So they stopped investigating air crashes cases to drop down here and, and check this out. But they did put out their preliminary report pretty quickly. And a lot of what it's pointing to is the fact that these old lines that were being replaced had these sensors in there designed to detect uh, low pressure and automatically increase it to a higher pressure. And the, when they switched off that valve on the old line, so they could turn on the new one. What we're believing has happened is the computer thought that was a failure of pressure and then automatically boosts it up mm-hmm. when, in fact, it didn't need to be boosted up. So a light goes off at a control board in Ohio at Horse's command center. They see the overpressure. But they can't do anything about it. There's like you said, no button, there's no turnoff button. There's right. no and, and what they had to do was call the crew at the scene and say, Hey, we got a problem here. By then houses are exploding left and right. You know it's weird. I pull in
0: the uh, Cumberland Farms down the street because mm-hmm. they usually have blazed Nacho Potato Chips. Those are my favorites, and of course they didn't have them today, which is why I'm a little ornery. Um, and you pull up, and before you walk in, there's a big red button. I don't know if you've, if anybody, if any of you guys have seen this, but before you walk into Cumberland Farms, because it's also a gas station, there's a big red button that says automatic shutoff. Yeah. So that if somebody's smoking a cigarette and they're pumping gas, and all of a sudden there's some kind of a fire. Anybody can go over and hit that button and stop it so that there isn't more fire and more explosions and more damage of whatever it is. And yet, if Cumberland Friggin' Farms can do that, right. Columbia Gas is a multi trillion dollar, um, uh, across the world a country uh, a company, and they don't have a shutoff valve. Like, they don't have like a guy somewhere that can hit a shutoff valve. They can hit a button that it will just shut everything down in case of emergency. Like, right. what if there's an earthquake? Like, say it wasn't this. What if there was a, a, an earthquake, even a small one, like a 2.1 or a 2.2, and it shook those those pipes underground and caused additional pressure and, and caused something like this? There's, there's, no sh- there's no automatic
2: safety valves that just shut everything off? It's hard to imagine, right? And then once it gets How to your house— How is that possible? Once it gets to your house, there's no protection of your house from this happening until now that they're going through and they're actually putting in new meters on mm-hmm. everyone's homes, those actually have a protection system that would protect your house from a high-pressure right. over station. They didn't have that before. Right. So, And they, they just didn't invest that money. And, and they cut from what we're hearing from the, the insiders that you know, were working there. The whistleblowers are starting to come out and tell stories. They've eliminated the budget. They got rid of all the inspectors. They've cut back on everything trying to save money. And they were warned by some of those people, if you continue to make these types of cutbacks, uh, you're going to have a problem. Yeah, that's not going to fare well for them in a lawsuit. Right. Right.
0: Uh, You know, one of the things I think that bothers me the most, and I have to say that, like, I was really angry at Columbia Gas. Really angry. Because I'm very good friends with the cops and the firefighters in Lawrence. I grew up with a lot of them. Some of them served with my dad. Some of them served with my uncles. And, and I was there when the houses were blowing up. Mm -hmm. And, and I watched, I watched, Lawrence firefighters, I watched Lawrence police officers running into buildings while they were exploding, grabbing kids and coming out and handing them to the mothers and then going back in while it was still exploding. Absolutely. So I was really pissed off, um, especially when I found out that this wasn't just some mistake, that this was something that really could have been prevented. But I think as I've been thinking about this since it happened, and Columbia Gas has been very good to me, but then again, I own a, you know, a newspaper and I have a radio show, so they've been, they've been, they've been kind of good to me, so at least so far, <laughs> right? But then I started thinking, you know, all they're doing is is paying people back for the expenses that they incurred as the result of this disaster. Mm-hmm. But what about the sleepless nights? What about the shivering nights with with you know with space heaters, you know, cu- with their family cuddled on a couch? What about the inconvenience of having to drive halfway across town to get your laundry done? What about like I'm I'm looking at the, okay, they're reimbursing people for meal expenses. Some of them, they're reimbursing for some of the expenses people have for laundry. But it doesn't – it seems to me like the minute this happened, if we had a leader at Columbia Gas, if the president of Columbia Gas was an actual leader, he would have sat down with the board and said, we're going to give a $5,000 check to every single person affected by this right up front to help them through the next few months. And then as we go, we'll we'll, we'll reimburse them for expenses and just, just just for the inconvenience just because they're the victims of what we did. And they never did that. Right. And they still haven't done that. And I think had they done that. Guys like you wouldn't have to sue. Absolutely. Because I think there'd be a lot more people who would be happy. They'd be saying, look, they, they screwed up, but they realized they screwed up. They gave us a check right away, so we, we weren't you know rubbing from Peter to pay Paul the first week trying to figure out how to eat, right? Because right. they're only reimbursing you after you spend money on food, after you spend money on other stuff. And I think had they done that, even like something like $5,000 would be nothing to Columbia Gas. They're a multi-trillion dollar company. Nice. So is a multi-trillion dollar company. And they never did that. And now I'm hearing complaints, and maybe you can expand on this a little bit, from people saying they get nickel and dimed yeah. by Columbia
2: Gas. So right. They're paying
0: for this, but they're not paying for that. They're paying for this kind of laundry, but not that kind of laundry. Talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, Columbia Gas has $800 million in liability insurance. Before they ever first spend a nickel out of their own pockets, they got to blow through $800 million in coverage. And people have been fine claims and it's, it's being handled by this claims processing center that previously did things like Katrina. Um, and they, you're, it's luck of the draw. Sometimes you get an adjuster that will pay everything, but nine times out of ten, you're going to get someone who's trying to chisel you. Right. Across the board. Because like, they make their money based on how little they give out. right? I'm sure that's, I'm sure it's got to be some type of commission yeah. system. Right. On it's like the reverse commission, you know, the less, the less we have to spend, the more we'll pay you. And, and, and they get personal about it. Uh, they, they get nasty about it. If you fight back, uh, they, they, they respond in very negative ways. And, um, yesterday we were in court. And for the first court appearance, and uh, a person was in the audience that was affected by all of this. And she had heard enough statements from the defense lawyer who had basically telling the judge, don't worry about it. We've taken care of everybody. It's all under control, right. you know, that type of thing. She lost her cool. And she, uh, and I know why, you know, she's so frustrated. She got up took the microphone and started a 10-minute lecture to that defense lawyer. The judge? No, to the, 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 this lady, oh. to, to, the, to the defense lawyer for Columbia Gas. And one of the things she was saying was that these people were awful to us. They called us names because we wanted to stand up for our rights, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, they just – they every step along the way, they fight you on just common sense stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's I've heard that story a thousand times at this point. And, and so you're right. Had they done the right thing from the beginning, had they taken care of everybody – i wouldn 't be needed right, and it, there wouldn 't be this momentum of anger that 's building in the community day by day by day, watching this continue to develop ac- across all all the cities they 're all being affected by this
0: we 're talking to patrick haynes he 's from the law office of um Raimondo and Shulnick. You can you throw that up on the screen if you want, Ed. We, we did a little graphic for you. Oh, well, that's nice. We, we were thinking about you. There you go. Um, and, uh, and he is here to talk about they are suing Columbia Gas. If you're interested in suing Columbia Gas, um, if you are a business, if you are an individual and you don't think you've been treated fairly by Columbia Gas, if you think that maybe they've reimbursed you for some stuff but not other stuff that you should have been reimbursed for, or maybe you've been reimbursed for everything that you've spent but you still think Columbia Gas needs to pony up more, I happen to be one of those guys. You know, I mean, they've been very good to me. As soon as they found out I had owned a newspaper and all this other stuff, it was like, oh, yeah, suddenly I get this. And by the way, the woman who calls is great. Her name is Bettina. She calls me all the time. And she's great. Anything we can do to help. Anything we can do to make it easier for you. Blah, 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 blah. But, But... I talk to people who aren't Tom Duggan, who don't own a newspaper, who, do, who don't have a podcast, you know, who, who aren't guests on, you know, do guest lecturing and all that stuff, and the nightmare stories that I'm hearing. That, um, in fact, one of you, I think one of your clients, uh, Rachel Moffat, had a uh, had an issue where she's a nurse and she doesn't want to do her her laundry at a laundromat. Because she deals with all kinds of like biological infections mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and she doesn't want to contaminate like a public, right, uh, a public uh, laundry mat, and so she's like hand washing it or she's doing it in another way, and they are saying, no, we're not going to reimburse you for that. Like, yeah. if you're not if you're not going to do it the way we think you should do it, then we're not going to pay you for that. Absolutely. And it, and it, it, I've also gotten some pictures, and I don't know if you're handling this as well, but I've also gotten some pictures um, from one of my readers. It shows that Columbia Gas went into their kitchen and there's just pipes everywhere all over their kitchen. Like it goes up and around their <laughs> goes up and around their doorway and then down the other side of the doorway over to you know, like across the room. I mean, it, it looks it looks awful. It yeah. looks terrible. Yeah. And you've got these guys that were coming in that were doing temporary work. We get it. They were trying to do it fast, but they weren't doing it right. They were doing it fast, but they weren't doing it right. Mm-hmm. Is that something that even though they've fixed the problem, is that something
2: that people should be talking to you about? Absolutely. And I was talking to someone about this last night, that this is why it's going to be a continuing problem. Uh, this gentleman showed me a picture like you're talking about where the pipes are doing these crazy S-curves right, on the outside yeah. of his houses. What yeah. is that? And he's like, what's going to happen when I go to sell this house someday and it's not up to code because of the work Columbia Gas did? Right. I'm going to, have to spend a zillion dollars to fix this. Right. And, and where are they going to be then? So this is a continuing problem that is not just what happened the last couple of months, but going forward, you're going to continue to see... All these types of issues. They still haven't come back in many situations and fixed the landscaping damage that they've done to homes, uh, the tremendous damage they've done throughout these cities, honestly, uh, where they had to park the trailers and ripped up the parks and all, the, all that stuff. And they keep saying to people, what I'm hearing now is, well, we're going to come back in the spring. Right. So all that's deferred. All that's on hold until the spring. But in the meantime, what you see is it, what it appears to be is like they are declaring victory of their own sort and, and leaving. Uh, their presence in the cities seems to be declining pretty rapidly right now.
0: When when I when I started driving through the city and I saw them putting the trailers up, yeah. my first thought was because I love Lawrence and you yes. know I don't care what anybody says I love Lawrence. I'm driving through and I see the South Common, which I spent a lot of time at when I was a kid. Uh, when I worked for the city, spent I was uh, I was the director of a program called Adopt a Park, and we wanted to make sure that the parks looked great for the kids. You know, this is before there were needles everywhere, right? <laughs> And I'm driving by and I'm looking at all these trailers on the ball field that the city spends thousands and thousands of dollars to do every year and to fix. I mean, I, I know I know the guy that runs the South Lawrence East Little League field who's been begging for five years for new turf. Ooh. I mean, everything takes so long in government to do. And then, you know, they, they, they go out and they finally spend, after 20 years of disrepair, they spend thousands and thousands of dollars to fix up a park. And then Columbia Gas just goes on and they just throw all these big trailers up. I hope they plan on reimbursing the city yeah I hope they do, and if they don't, I hope Dan Rivera calls you right, and the city files a lawsuit. um I also know that Dan Rivera as uh, the mayor of Lawrence, uh, as we get ready for our first break um spent an inordinate amount of money in his first year, which would have been what five years ago uh Rick. Uh, five years ago when Dan's first, first came on as mayor, they found out that the previous mayor had paved all these streets with substandard paving. Uh-huh. But he did it at election time because like, he wanted people to say, oh, look, he paved my road. I'm going to vote for him. And so he had to go out and redo all of those streets. I think it was like 20, 30 streets in the city, which is a lot of money. They got money from community development block grants from the state. They redid all of these streets, and now they've all been dug up. Uh-huh. They've all been dug up to have pipes fixed, to have pipes replaced, to have pipes repaired. And I'm and I'm hoping that Columbia Gas come the spring is going to repave all of those roads, not just the ones that are well-traveled, not just the ones that meet their criteria, not just the ones that the insurance company says maybe they should do. They should do all of them.
2: Yep. You know, they should do every single one of them. That's what they promised on camera when uh, I think it was Senator Warren asked them. They said, we will make everybody whole. Yeah. Have you, you know? talked
0: to her office at all? I haven't. No, she's kind of useless.
2: Yeah, I just you know politicians have their own gig. I mean, I feel I feel as a trial lawyer that that's what we do. You know, we we try to bring results. And mm. but I have found that uh, some of the local folks, uh, I think it's Diana, the state, the new state. Oh, senator, she's awesome. You know, she has been ripping up people when when people have been running into trouble. She's got Columbia Gas to respond. So that's that's been a great resource.
0: Diana is probably one of the few. If not the only elected official that actually holds people accountable around here, like literally everybody else is pretty, just pretty useless. No offense to my friends in politics, but Diana's really the only one that does any work. It's it, it's amazing. All right, so we got we have to bounce out for a quick break. I wanted to um, let's just pull up his. Uh, can we pull this thing up again while we're while we're sitting here? Want to remind people? There you go. So if you're interested. If you've been affected by Columbia Gas, if you don't think you've been treated well by Columbia Gas, these are the guys to call. Call Bob Kelly's office. There's the number on the screen. I don't have it in front of me. Only because I'm incompetent. Oh, we'll we'll make it I'll work. I'll get it in the show notes. All right. Okay. Appreciate that, Ed Sullivan. <laughs> Hi, top two guys, smoke shop here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We will be back after this on Paying Attention with Attorney Patrick Hayes. Auto Body. We get our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to AM Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three f- South
1: Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts.
0: I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Lights Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin, and I said, look, You help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security they're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. Whether it's the old Scott Funeral Home, if you're if you're an old time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a a big fan of the show He followed us when we go live He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper And he's now sponsoring this program Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services 298 South Broadway in Lawrence We appreciate him Uh, Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group Uh, He specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time So you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was a credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. Managers and all that. All righty. I still think that's the funniest commercial that, I, that I've ever done if I get shot when I'm driving around Lawrence. I love that one. Because it is – well, first of all, it's true, right? Because I've been shot at twice now, right? So it's true. Like if anything happens, even in death, we are loyal to the people who are loyal to us. And I want to make sure that, like, even though I'm not here to make the decision, I want I wanted it. I want it memorialized on this
1: show that if anything happens to me, well, I've already committed to making sure. Okay, all right, very good. And we also
0: want to thank Franklin Velos, Veloz Auto Group. Um, he, uh, one of our one of our followers, one of our readers, one of our listeners, uh, Jen Revalia, saw the very first ad on this show. For Veloz Auto Group, she needed a car. She went down to Franklin, told him who she was, told her what she was looking for. She didn't have a lot of money. She didn't have great credit. He took care of her. She drove off the lot with a car. She took care of her. Nice. Right? So that's why we go to the people who take care of us. Because if you go to Franklin Veloz for a car and you tell them, hey, look, I'm friends with Tommy Duggan, or I I follow the Valley Patriot, or I follow the Paying Attention podcast, they will take care of you. Like, I I have uh, Mike Thibodeau. His girlfriend um, got into an accident. Took the car to Angelo over there. It' ain't and Auto over Bodies there, yeah. over there. I do mean, that because he's Italian. We like to make fun of Italians <laughs> on this show. We're equal opportunity offender. And she went in. He went in and he said, "Hey, are you that, that guy Angelo over there?" <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, you must be a friend of Tommy Duggins." He <laughs> says, "Yeah, I, I, I have uh, I, I have some body work I need done." He took care of it. Like in two weeks, it was all taken care of. It looked just as good as new. So make sure that you guys uh, – we, we're always looking for new sponsors. It's very, very, very inexpensive. For $50 a week, you can sponsor the show. Uh, we will talk about you on the show. We'll give you uh, free ink in the Valley Patriot. We actually have a crossover package. If you want to advertise in both print and on the show, we can do that. Uh, and We also want to encourage you to um, keep an eye out for all the other podcasts here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, especially, <coughs> excuse me, especially the writer's block. We love the writer's block. Actually, I just love Mandra, but but we love the writer's block because that's the excuse that I have to watch Mandra, right? Because right. she looks great on TV. She looks great on the internet, and her and Debbie. Although, I have to be really good when it comes to Debbie because her husband is um is Mr. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, you don't want to go there, right? So, I would be saying way more nice things about Debbie, but I just don't want to get beat up. <laughs> hey, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan back here on the Paying Attention Podcast. I'm sitting here with attorney uh, Patrick Haynes. He is from... Napoli and Shulnick. Did I say it right? You
2: did well. I got it right. I yeah, went to 27
0: times, but I got it. Um, they're also partnering with our good friend Bob Kelly, Attorney Bob Kelly on Parker Street in Lawrence. His office is right on top of the uh, Packet Pharmacy. want to say hi to our friend Robin Desmond who owns Packet Pharmacy. She's very good to me. I was having some hot problems the other day, and I, I pulled in, and she, she opened up one of her things and, and took my blood pressure and took care of me right there in the pharmacy. I was all set. So... Um, if you're interested in suing Columbia Gas, if you're interested, maybe you don't, maybe you're not sure if you want to sue Columbia Gas, but you just want to talk to somebody about it. Uh, you want to give these guys a call. Do you have that phone number there? Uh, there, uh, which number are you looking I'm for? I'm looking for the um, the six eight number six eight eight nine seven eight six eight eight six nine hundred nine seven eight six eight eight six nine hundred. Which is
1: for attorney. Key. Uh, Kelly.
0: Bob, right, at Attorney Bob Kelly's office. They're working with the Raimondo and Scholnick law firm uh, on this. We, uh, I, I sent some pictures over to you, Ed. Yeah, you um, want to
1: get one up there? Yeah, let's throw one up because
0: we were talking about this before the break about how uh, this is one of my readers, uh, Dan Rooney. He's a, a, a longtime follower of the show. Um, Sent me this about a week ago. He wanted us to see exactly what Columbia Gas did to his house and his living room and his kitchen. I don't know if you can see that. And I, think on, I think the next picture is even worse.
1: He sent me a bunch of them, and I yeah. just wanted to show you one or two. Give me a second. That's I'll all right. I'll the next one up Sure. There. You know, it's the Facebook. Yeah. No, I get it. You understand. Suck life. The Facebook. It's all good. Right. So, uh, and here's right.
0: another one. Right. It's just it's all these all these elbows and all these pipes that are just sitting like in the middle of people's living rooms in their kitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they kind of had to do this because um, they were trying to get everybody hooked up quickly. Now that it's over, is your law firm going to be able to represent people like this guy, like Dan Rooney, who maybe he says afterwards, yeah, they reimburse me for my Taco Bell meals and they reimburse me for my laundry, but look at my house. It looks like shit. I have to hire somebody to come in now and redo it and do it right. Is that something you guys handle?
2: Absolutely, because to me, that's a decrease in the value of your property, right? That's a change that you didn't have, that you didn't ask for. Now you've got crazy pipes on your wall that you didn't have before. Right. That's the kind of thing they need to do. No fix. way to
0: impress a girl if you're single.
2: Yeah, I think she's right? single. That's why I think I'd it's going to be hard enough to say Houses in this area for a while, anyway. There's gonna be people right. from outside this area gonna be a little bit leery about buying some of these houses, which sure. I, you know. Uh, and one of the things that, you know, we found out yesterday in court, and as the judge uh, is appearing to be ready to sign an order uh, where both sides have asked for a, a sit down in the next 90 days, uh, that we're gonna do some type of a, a mediation to see if we can come to terms in a way that early rather than waiting four years of litigation and lawyers fighting to make this better. Uh, no, no idea what will happen, but at least it, that's going to at least happen. And if there anything like that ever does develop where there's some type of resolution to this, they're going to have to think about the future right. and how are we going to take care of the people whose damages haven't popped up yet. And things are going to happen going forward when their house, you know, can't pass code inspection because of the work that was done. Or I
0: noticed like that they're that. very, very eager. They started it with me before they found out who I was to try and close my case. Yes. And I kept getting these voicemails because they call like – for some reason, they always call like when I'm in the middle of something, right? So they, they'd they call. I couldn't take the call because I was on another line. I'd get this voicemail. Hi, this is so-and-so from Columbia Gas. Haven't heard from you in a while, so we're going to close your case. Yes. So I had to call them up and go, uh, excuse me, just because you haven't heard from me doesn't mean you get to close my case, okay? So let's just back off a little bit calm down. I still haven't submitted my receipts for meals. I still, because I'm busy. I'm running a business. I'm running a podcast. I'm single. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing lots of different things. I have lots of different projects in the community. I don't have time to sit down and go through receipts and log them and scan them and email them. At some point, I will do it, but I thought it was awfully interesting that they were pushing so hard to close that case. And And so I guess my question to you is if they were to say, okay, we've closed your case, Patrick. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you lived on Brookfield Street, and, um, you know, we've we've reimbursed you for your meals. We've reimbursed you for your laundry. We've reimbursed you for, you know, whatever else you've sent in, uh, and we've closed your case. Can that person now not sue because Columbia Gas has considered their quote case closed?
2: No, they they absolutely have the right to sue, and that may be the only option they have. Um, We were talking to a number of folks yesterday about this that – similar situation. And when that happens and they just kind of unilaterally decide we're done, that's because they're controlling the claims process right, right. now. This is their—they have full control. They can pay why, what they want. To why pay.
0: though? Why, why is the third-party independent organization should be running I would, this and saying, "Okay, we're not connected to Columbia Gas, we're not connected to the victims. We're gonna—we're gonna make these decisions." Like, why is that not happening?
2: That would be a fantastic idea. Yeah. It should have been somehow. Should forced tell upon the judge. Them. Maybe yeah. the judge
0: could order something like that because that would make people's lives easier. I think.
2: Well, I think if there is ever any type of resolution in these cases where there's a settlement, that's absolutely what will happen. Is that there will be a setup system where there's a a trust or something like that, the money's put in there, and some neutral third person administers it. That's exactly what they did in the BP Amico oil spill cases off the Gulf Mm -hmm. when they had to go fix all these uh, damage to the environment, all the fishermen that were out of work, all that. They created a facility to handle those claims. So I suspect that might be something that, you know, if this ever does get resolved, will get done down the road. And if I was part of that process, I'd also ask to make sure that they had a separate fund for people just for counseling. You know, because so many of these people that I've met and their kids and everybody is struggling with the stress and the aggravation and all this caused them. I was talking to a guy the other day. He was an EMS worker, emergency services worker, and he says, "I've seen you know awful accidents. Now I hear a loud noise and I think my house is blowing up." Right. You know, and, and that's 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 a something that's going to take some talking to a professional yeah. to, to kind of work through. I cried. Yeah,
0: I cried. I drove in Rich knows because Rich was 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 out in the field while it was happening, taking pictures for us. And I'm listening to these guys, and I and I, I recognize the guys. I listen to the scanner every night. I'm chasing police calls. I know the cops. I know the firefighters, and I'm hearing, uh, you know, I, I'm hearing a firefighter Driscoll say, you know, uh, we we, we have, we've got a man down. We need, you know, five guys in here right away. We've got a, you know, firefighters got hurt, police yeah. officers got hurt, civilians got hurt. And at one point during the during the, all of this, I just I pulled over and I, I started weeping i 'm not a weepy kind of guy you know i 'm not like you know, i 'm not a, one of these liberals that gets all weepy about everything everybody says, but I just started thinking of my friends. I just started thinking of my friends, the people that I knew, people that I grew up with, the families that I grew up with in South Lawrence. And, and, and especially these guys that were running in. Right. The guys that were running in while everybody was running out. The EMTs, we, I didn't even think of the EMTs. I'm just thinking police and fire, right? But the EMTs, the police and fire, and the good Samaritans. There were, there were individual civilians that were running into buildings while they were exploding, pulling people out. Yep. And it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like, it took a good hour of driving around and, and, and filming this. Before that started to sink in, when it started to sink in, I mean, I I couldn't, I had to pull over and I had to and I had to weep. I can't imagine, and I don't I don't have PTSD. I'm not looking for any of that, but I can't imagine the people that were actually involved in that, what they're dealing with every night, what sure. they wake up thinking when, in, in, first thing in the morning. Um, You know, what they think when they hear a car backfire, when they hear something that sounds like it might be an explosion. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about Dean Thornhill, one of my clients, and when his house caught on fire, some police officer ran down the stairs with a little handheld fire extinguisher into a gas fire. (sighs) You know, it's looking like a flamethrower shooting across the basement. He's down there, a little handheld. That's the kind of stuff these guys were doing. And it was amazing. You certainly saw the best of people in that instance of of how people and how the towns reacted. But it had to be devastating for people that lived their whole lives in these towns. See their town wrecked, literally right, yeah. torn apart, blown apart, uh, people killed, people hurt, and 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 something that could easily, easily, easily have been prevented. So
0: how do how do people get in touch? With, what is the what is the best way for people a to get in touch with you? But also, what is the what is the ideal case? Like people are, who are watching, who are listening, maybe they're live, maybe they're watching this after we go off because it stays up online, and they're thinking, okay, well, like I, I maybe I don't qualify for this. What? What circumstances have to be there for someone to qualify to come to you and say, "Yeah, you know, I think we've got a case." Is it it anybody that was affected by Columbia Gas?
2: You know, what people have been asking me, "Well, look, I didn't have any property damage, and I wasn't hurt. Do I really have a claim?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, you do." For what you were talking about, if you lost gas service for really any appreciable amount of time, and went through the stress, the aggravation, the lost time from work and school, uh, just dealing with that whole claims process and and all that mess. That's there. There's, there's something there. That's a, what I call it—the pain in the rear factor. But mm-hmm. it's something that exists, right? And and they do have, deserve compensation for that, in my opinion. That's a damage that was caused by Columbia Gas, just as much as any other. You know, the law recognizes physical damage. You know, you can whack, send somebody in the head, and you're liable for breaking the bone. Mm-hmm. You're also liable for the emotional damage you caused from that. And that's what this is exactly. This is people. That, and it was inflicted upon them. They didn't deserve it. And now they're struggling with it. And I think they absolutely uh, should be held accountable for that now i 'm
0: sure that the um, the lawyers for the insurance company, which works for Columbia Gas mm-hmm. is going to be saying no 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 well maybe you know, maybe you had some emotional uh, reaction to it, but you know uh, you, you're not uh, you don 't have PTSD, you don 't have any anything measurable right uh, and try and nickel and dime those people do they still really have a claim? If they, if they don't have, like, any measurable PTSD, but, th- but they're still affected by it emotionally?
2: Well, Massachusetts law is, on this particular topic is, is basically says if you have any type of physical reaction from the emotional damage, you've got a claim. Really? And, and that is, it's a pretty low threshold of what that physical reaction is. So I think things like headaches, stomach aches, insomnia, all the physical symptoms that are associated with something like PTSD, as an example— uh that's a that's a real physical damage so mm-hmm. i think you've got a pretty darn good argument nothing's guaranteed in life but that's what i would be standing in front of a judge saying is that this is this is a physical this is not just an emotional damage this is a physical damage that's occurred to these people ptsd in this instance is affecting their bodies so therefore Uh, They should have to compensate people for the emotional toll that it's taken
0: walk me through the process Someone comes to you and they say okay. I've been affected by Columbia gas Um, I think maybe I have a claim what happens from there
2: What we've done if if we basically have a very short it's we don't need much information, just very about two pages of intake information, verifying that they were in they were one of the affected people in the in this and how they were affected, talk to folks on the phone, get the information we need, uh, you know, and if they want to, they sign a contract and, and they're our client. And from there on it's my duty to make sure they're taken care of. And my view of that is as an individual, I will do everything I can to maximize that individual person's recovery. Mm-hmm. That's my job. That's my oath. And so, right now, uh, we, we have filed uh, only a handful of cases because we're waiting a little bit on some advice from the court on how to streamline this process. I think we're going to get some orders from the court on how to make this work a little bit more efficiently. Uh, the, the, the court has, there's one judge in charge of all of these cases. The, the, the defense actually asked for that. And, and they, so, the. Who's the judge? I wish you wouldn't ask me that. Sorry. That's okay. I just, I was, it was such a blur, but I, I'm still learning my way on the around here. But no, it's okay. Um, but he's a good guy. Uh, and he was very fair and he was actually very surprised that we were all getting along so well. Um, but it was it was very interesting to watch. It was, as you can imagine, a whole team full of lawyers there uh, on both sides. And we were all kind of proposing how to make this system work so that it doesn't put such a burden on the court system. Because, you know, we don't really know how many claims could ultimately be involved here. But if it's 30,000 claims or something like that, that's a lot of, a lot of uh, work for the courthouse to deal with. And so how many we, claims do you have now so far? We've got about 150 right now. Okay. That's, um, still, a good, that's still a pretty good amount. It is. It's, it's, you, know, you know, I don't, I don't want 30,000 <laughs> Right. You know, I, I don't want that much. Right? Right. You know, that's that's too much to even con, con, you know con, contemplate. But the, the every day I get phone calls or Facebook messages or uh, or maybe my lawyers that are here do Bob Kelly or somebody. And, and every day we're at, more people come in because they've just hit that frustration point that they can't take it anymore, and they or they look back on it and go, "No, this is not acceptable. I, I deserve more than this." Right.
0: And there's a lot of hidden costs, I think, too, that as people go. Through their lives over the next six months that they're going to find right yes, absolutely um, there were things that I hadn't think about like like uh, um, that uh, like carleen's right not being open and even though it's it's a small loss for us right it's like three six hundred papers not getting into not getting into the hands of our regular readers at that location but i I can imagine that there's <clears throat> excuse me a whole bunch of other things that are kind of like spin off expenses and spin off um um Inconveniences for people yep. that maybe they may not know until later on down the road. If they close their claim now, uh-huh. and I, I, I assume that when Columbia guys are telling people that they've closed their claim, that most people are going to think like I did. Okay, that means I guess I can't sue now, right? Because now yeah. they've, they've closed
2: it. I think that's what they want people to think. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's definitely a, an issue that – they don't get to unilaterally decide anything once you enter the court system. You I got gotcha. you. From, from there on, they don't have that ability to say you're out, you're done. And they did promise in open court that they would not uh, try to have people sign releases, uh, waiving their claims if they knew that those people were represented by counsel. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the things I have worried a little bit about is that if they're giving people you know, these free items and things that – just, I've, I've told everybody, you know, you should just be very careful about anything you sign. Right. Make sure you know what you're signing. Right. Because uh, you don't want to release your claims. And the other thing I've told people is document everything. Right. You, know, you don't, maybe you don't think you want to have a claim now. You might change your mind in two years and you'll have forgotten, unfortunately, a lot of what happened. Right. So keep... You know
0: careful. when people want to file
2: claims? When you get your first judgment
0: and the guy gets a million and a half dollars... All of a sudden, you're going to have 50 people going to be calling you within five minutes going, hey, wait a minute. I got a claim, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so So the idea was to get in now. Right. I think it's always better to be because we don't know what's going to happen in this process. But if there is some type of early resolution, you certainly want to be involved in that. There will be notification. They're going to try to notify all the people that are out there uh, that have a potential claim. There will be things in the newspaper, stuff like that. But the best way to know what's going on is to hire somebody that you're paying to Keep an eye on things for right. and be your advocate. Now, I've got a lawyer. I'm involved in a, in a lawsuit
0: in, a, in another in another arena. Um, I'm so unhappy with my lawyer because he doesn't tell me anything. He doesn't tell me anything as they're moving forward. He doesn't tell me when things are due. doesn't give me updates. Uh, I'm used to lawyers mo- mollycoddling me and letting me know everything and kind of keeping me in the loop as if I'm, like, you know, part of the lawsuit maybe. Right. Um, Will you guys be doing that? If someone comes to you and says, hey, look, I'm a Columbia Gas victim. I want you to represent me. They sign on the dotted line. Are they going to, like, not hear from you for two years until, like, you know, there's another hearing or something? Or Do you, do you walk people through the process? Do you let them know what's going on? Do you kind of give them updates?
2: We do because I think it is important, especially, you know, given what they've dealt with with Columbia Gas. Uh, for the folks that we, that we represent, about every two weeks, we kind of go down the list and call everybody one at a time and say, how are things going? Right. Did you get your gas back? Uh, any new problems coming up? Uh, even for the people that sometimes people will come in, they'll ask for the information, and then they don't actually want to be a client right now. We call those folks up and say, hey, anything we can do? Any more questions that you need or haven't answered? So I think it's important, and why we have these meetings about every couple of weeks where I'm coming out and just talking to people. Last night, I, I did basically a Senate filibuster for about three hours just talking to people. And it was – I talked for a little bit, but most of the time I was answering questions that people had and just one after another after another after another answering. Because people are starving for information. And they're, they're not getting it from Columbia Gas. They're not getting it from the, the local officials sometimes. Uh, so they're looking for somebody to help them answer these questions and navigate the system. And that's what we're trying to do to help people out. Uh,
0: we are talking to Patrick Haynes. He is from the Ramundo Law Firm, Ramundo and Shulnick. If you are a victim of Columbia Gas, the Columbia Gas Disaster, uh, and you are interested in, in perhaps getting involved in a lawsuit. It's not going to be a, uh, it's not going to be a, a class action lawsuit where you're going with a million other people, you get $11 at the end. Um, he will handle you, they will handle your individual claims. They're working with a local attorney that we know well and like, uh, Robert Kelly at, uh, at the Packet Professional Building on uh, 130 Parker Street. And if you want to call, Uh, the Bob Kelly Law Office, because you want to be part of this. The number is 978-688-6900, 978-688-6900. We've got about six minutes left. What would your advice be to people who are thinking about maybe coming to you um, before they call What should they ha- Kind of have together Is there something They should prepare Before they They sit down with you I, I know I went to A couple of your meetings Yeah And I saw people crying As they were trying to explain You know What their kids went through And everything else Yeah Um I know it's an emotional thing, but I think people kind of have to like remove the emotion a little bit if they're going to be mm-hmm. sitting down with you guys. What do they need to prepare? What do they need to get together?
2: The biggest thing, like I said, is helping us out with the the the, the basic facts of how long were you without gas? Yeah, were you did you stay in your own home? Did you go to a hotel? Uh, what were the effects of that? You know, kind of coming up with a list of how did this affect your life? And, and like I said, it's sometimes it's the children were affected. Kids that aren't doing as well in school as they were before because now they're in a hotel 40 miles from right. home, you know, and they're driving a two-hour commute back and forth. You know, all those types of kind of hidden subtle damages that you may not think of right away. Mm-hmm. It, it's much more than, you know, the fact that you're which is bad enough that you're cooking your food on a hot plate. Right. You know, and you don't have heat and you got 12 blankets on. That's bad That's enough.
0: That's me food in my office. <laughs> by
2: the way, it's odd place. Yeah, it, but it, you know, it, it goes far beyond that. It's, it's it's the psychological toll, and it's like you said, the secondary cost. Like, how much gas did you spend driving to that hotel forty five miles away right. from where you should have been every day? Mm-hmm. You know, and those those things like that. And if you can, you know, just making a list because I think that helps a lot. Uh, and it will, if, if you decide you ever want to do anything, whether with Columbia Gas Claim or whatever, you're going to want that information. Right. Yeah, and uh, I,
1: I think a key point was you may not know what your damages are at this point. Like, for help. example, a homeowner. Okay, some neighbor's house exploded. You go to sell your house years later. Yep. And there's damage to the foundation or the structure of the house. So there may be undetected
2: things as well. Absolutely. And it could be things that you don't find out years down the road and it's hard to predict those things, but that's something that's going to have to be factored into this whole process, the kind of hidden damages.
0: Uh, okay. So we've got about three minutes left. Um, before we, before we go, I want to give you uh, We've been giving these out to uh, We wrote a book, we published a book at the Valley Patriot nice. Every every uh, month We have on the front page of the paper Which, by the way, is out on the streets now Our December edition um, We honor a local veteran Okay. And so uh, we're getting ready to celebrate our 15th anniversary Believe it or not And at our 13th anniversary, we compiled all the stories of local veterans And I think you had told me You had a veteran in your family, right? I do, I do. You say my that? father, yep So, he, so when, I, when I first met Patty, he mentioned that his dad was a, a veteran, and so uh, I wanted to give you a signed copy of Heroes in Our Midst, Fantastic. and hopefully while in between suing Columbia Gas, you can read it, and uh, so. we'd love your feedback, because we're putting another one together and uh, all the feedback that we get we're going to use to try and make the second one better great. for you. Great, us. I appreciate so, that. Great. Thank you so very much. Dave, Dave Ramundo here on uh, the Paying Attention podcast. Uh, we also want to remind you, next week, that uh, is our one-year anniversary show. We are inviting all the hosts of all the other shows to come, Uh, We're going to bring them up Give them four or five minutes To maybe even longer Depending on how cute they are Right (laughs) Mandra will get an hour And then everybody else Gets five minutes Maybe that's the way she goes That's
1: going to be interesting If you shuffle somebody out Very quickly Right yeah That kind of lets Yeah I
0: mean if Ambitious shows up then everybody else is out Then (laughs) it's just going to be Two hours of me and her right Uh, But so we're inviting people to come We're at the Two Guys Smoke Shop Next Thursday at one o'clock If you want to be part Of our studio audience Uh, Kiana will be back She will start doing Our top of the hour news again so we're going to go back to being a real show Not just an uh, opinion show And you know what you're not going to forget this week right? uh, Kim Kidney Kim, Our friend Kim needs a kidney desperately she's, she's, she's really in tough shape And so if you know anybody That wants to donate a kidney That wants to maybe start through the process You can email her or her husband Ted At KimKidney1960 At gmail.com Uh, I I probably won't see any of you before Christmas Because I'll be hiding I don't like to do Christmas shopping And I don't like to talk to people So I'll be hiding between now and Christmas So if I don't see you, which I probably won't I hope you guys all have a Merry Christmas I had a great Hanukkah, thank you for asking Appreciate that How was your Hanukkah? Hanukkah was good I didn't get quite as many Hanukkah presents as I got last year But it's not really about that Actually it is for me But it's not supposed to be about that So I have to pretend Melvin Taylor closing out the show we thank Melvin for doing the uh, music for this show and for putting it on his, on his records. That's pretty awesome, too. To Mel says go home, so go home already. We'll see you next week at 1 o'clock instead of 2. You go. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this
2: program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21, Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.